Hello and welcome to the ninth episode of How Not to Suck at the Stocks. This is your host, Dan Hansen. And as per usual, I got two disclaimers for you. Disclaimer number one is this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Inside, you're going to find absolutely zero actual, actionable financial advice. Disclaimer number two is this podcast is extremely not safe for work. So consider yourself warned. All right, I feel like I should start plugging stuff at the top of the show. So my blog is hansenasset.blogspot.com. You're going to find uh, tips for passing the CFA exams. You're going to find uh, different videos like Warren Buffett interviews, different finance lectures. I recommend you check it out. You can also follow me on Twitter. You can be the first person to follow me on Twitter. It's at Hanson Asset. I just started a couple weeks ago, and I actually got uh, Andrew Lowe, uh, the author of that Adaptive Markets book I did a podcast on. I actually got him to like my first tweet. That's been uh, it's been downhill ever since. Oh, and one more thing I should plug is if you're out in the Chicagoland area, namely the northwest suburbs and uh, the city of, then go on meetup.com and look for the Value Investing Roundtable groups. So they're hosted by me. One is in Schaumburg. One is in Chicago. The Chicago one has been an abysmal failure so far, I got to say. But it's only up from here, unless I, I get mugged the next one. I guess that could be worse. So in any case, let's uh, get started. So this week, we're covering Ubiquity. Uh, they sell uh, networking hardware to uh, corporations and people, one and the same if you're Mitt Romney. And let's, uh, let's dive in. Uh, question number one is, do I understand the business? And the answer is no. But here's the thing. This company is so sexy that I want to understand the business. Okay, so I got a little trick up my sleeve, and that trick is called the business model canvas, which we're going to get to in a second. So no, I don't understand the business, and uh, the reason is I don't understand the product. I, I you know, I, I don't understand networking hardware. I think I think I covered Corning Glassworks, and they had a enterprise networking segment, and I admitted back then I didn't understand it, and I, I still don't. A couple weeks later. All right, uh, question number two: Is the company going to be around in ten or twenty years? Uh, well, you know, one, I don't understand the company, so how can I, how can I answer number two? But also, it is a tech company, so it's got that working against it. Uh, I'm going to give it a maybe for now, and then one second. Ooh, excuse me. All right, I'm back. Question number three is, this is where it gets sexy. Does the company have any competitive advantages? And the answer is a resounding yes. Just, okay, let me... Let me explain this. Okay. So there's three, there's three things that, about their business model that are unique. Uh, one, they outsource their sales through distributors. Um, that's, that's not the sexiest thing in the world, but the, that's part of it. But here's where it gets real sexy. Their online forum. I realize most of you don't think of online forums as sexy, but this one is. This online forum handles their customer service. Okay, so you know normally when you buy a product like that's you know a printer or a, a router, and you have an issue with it, you call an eight hundred number, and you get some guy that barely speaks English getting paid minimum wage, you know, on some corner of the globe, who had like three days training has never like really used your product or service. That's not what you get with Ubiquity. With Ubiquity, you go on their online forum, and people help you. These are just for lack of a better word, volunteers. These are customers like yourself who just love the product so much that they spend time on the forums answering other people's questions. Okay? 
And so they don't have to, they don't pay these people. These, these are people who are just doing it for fun. And if you have a problem, you can go on the forum and search for people that have had similar problems and find the answer that way. It's, that's, that's basically all IT does, honestly, if you ever call up IT. That's what they're typing into their computer when you're on the phone with them. And uh, they're, just, they're just Googling your problem for a, a forum that you know, answers it. But in any case, um, so they outsource their customer service, which is awesome. And then also they get uh, word of mouth marketing from these people. So, uh, so these people are also on Reddit, Facebook, you know, Twitter, etc. And if someone's like, oh, I got a router and it sucks, what should I do? These, pe- these people will be like, buy Ubiquity. Ubiquity is awesome. So they're out there. Word of mouth marketing is the best type of marketing. One, it's the most effective. And two, it's free. So it's hard to beat that. And the third, actually, I'm to up to four. The fourth point is uh, the R&D teams even work with the online community for putting in, like, you know, what new features do you guys want? Like, what, you know, what issues you've been having? Like, that kind of thing. So there's a, there's a customer, there's a constant customer feedback loop, which uh, is brilliant. It's, this part of the business that I, I, I can understand just seems brilliant to me. Uh, the company is, was founded, and the current CEO is Robert Para. He started in 2005. He's a former Apple engineer, and he just got sick of Apple. He's like, you guys are too corporate. I'm going to go make my own company. And the 10K claims to be very flat, meaning there isn't like a traditional corporate hierarchy. Uh, it's much more small group and entrepreneurial, uh, it claims. Um, I did read some hearsay that key personnel have been leaving. I have yet to follow that up. That could be detrimental to a company like this, for sure, but something to be aware of. And uh, so let's, uh, yeah, so that's what really makes me excited. So those are competitive advantages. And like that, that shows up on an income statement, right? I mean, if a competitive advantage doesn't show up on an income statement, then it's not an advantage. And this will show up in super low costs. And you're going to see that in the margins when we get to the, the income statement. But before we do, let's get to this uh, business model canvas. So remember how I said I don't understand the business? Uh, well, let's. Let's let's go through. There's, there's nine items on the business model canvas. If you want to Google it or, or Bing, this is 2017. There's no judging here. Uh, number one, value proposition. Uh, basically, this is saying, like, what are you selling? What value do you give the customer when they buy it? And this is what I don't understand. Like, yes, I understand, like, a router in the broadest sense, but I don't know why you'd pick one over another. So I actually went on Reddit, and I asked the Ubiquity subreddit, and I got a ton of responses. It was a very friendly, very helpful subreddit. Not exactly uh, common on Reddit, I've noticed. But um, extremely, extremely friendly, extremely informative. And they, they all basically said that it's super cheap and uh, powerful for uh, its price. So it may not be as powerful as a Cisco, but it, for the price, it can't be beat. And then it, the easy use throws over the top. That's, that's really the big thing. It's super cheap. And uh, it's easy to use. So it may be lacking a little bit in power, but it makes up for it in the other areas. So that's the value prop, supposedly. Uh, Customer segments. uh, This is number two. Customer segments. Um, Yeah, you have the enterprise customers and the the home users. So like if you just want to set up for your home, uh, supposedly like they can't be beat. Like in the price range, nothing else is even coming close. Supposedly, this is just what I've read in this thread from people helping me out here to put this presentation together. 
And, uh, okay, but in the enterprise, this would be like if you're in charge of the networks at a company, you'd want to use Ubiquity because it's easy to use. Okay. Um, but your company may not because if they already have like a Cisco hardware, Cisco or Aruba system in place, it can be a big pain in the ass to switch all that out for it. So it's a high switching cost to switch to a uh, Ubiquity. Uh, so, and, and the fact that it's cheaper, you know, maybe the bean counters don't really care about that. Uh, so those, those are kind of your two segments there. Uh, three channels, uh, through what channels do your customer segments want to be reached? Uh, I, I don't know, whatever. I don't know what the distributors do. I know some of their products are sold through like Best Buy and GameStop. They actually just came out with a, with a GoPro for Christ's sake. It's called the front row. I don't, I don't know. It's like a little thing you wear on your neck. It's like a video camera you wear around your neck. I don't, I don't know. Look it up if you care, but front row. So I don't know. I don't know about number three. Number four, customer relationships. Well, this is all that sexy stuff I was talking before. This is how you get, keep, and grow customers. So you get them through your word of mouth marketing, your volunteer army. Uh, you keep them by keeping them, uh, I don't know, You the, the, just the uh, the interaction, you know, uh, working with your R&D team or the, the, the community bond um, that you get. And how do you grow? Well, you, I mean, you just, if they buy one product they like of you, they'll buy more. So I'm, I'm kind of speaking off the cuff, but that's called a, like a customer funnel, get, keep, grow. Um, let's move on to number five. Key activities. What key activities do our value propositions require? Uh, that I don't know. I would assume R&D is one, but, you know, I don't know. Uh, six, what key resources like suppliers, et cetera, do our value propositions require? I don't know that one. Uh, seven, key partners. What are our key partners? I would say your online community is your key partner. Uh, revenue streams. What is your revenue model? So this is where it's interesting. So other companies like Cisco, they'll charge you for the hardware and then make you pay yearly licensing fees. Cisco, sorry, uh, Ubiquity supposedly doesn't do that. You just pay for the hardware, and then you're done, which is good for the consumer. Um, and the cost structure. Um, uh, so, like, yeah, they save a lot of money on their costs. And we'll, we'll, we'll get to the income statement right now, actually, and you'll, you'll see what I mean. So let me minimize this, pull up, maximize that. I don't think anyone calls it maximizing, do they? Okay. So pulled up their uh, income statements here. So one thing I like about their 10Ks is they actually go back five years. Most companies do three. And so I was able to grab uh, 10 years. They go back to 2008. So one second. All right. So three things kind of pop out of me. Uh, one is the email scandal from 2015. Basically, uh, they gave $39 million to a Nigerian prince. Not very smart, Robert Para. I thought you were supposed to be a genius. Um, but I, I cleaned that out of their net income. because it, it, it seems like a one-off. Like, hey, it could happen to anyone. It's probably not going to happen to them again. That kind of thing. Uh, let's see. Number two, uh, looking at their revenue and net income growth. So... If you just look at their year over year, the revenue growth is 30%. But I think instead you want to look at their three-year kegger. That's a compounded annual growth rate. And the reason why I would use a three-year, not longer, for this company is because if you look at it, something happened in 2013 where the revenue was 
down 9% from 2012. But then the next year, 2014, it jumped up 78%. And it's just, it's, it's weird that a down year, then a huge bounce back. I don't know what that means. So I'm just going to, looking at their, I'd rather just kind of use 2014 as a starting point when I'm looking at their growth, hence the three-year Kager. And then uh, net income growth, similar thing, the year-over-year 25%, but that three-year Kager is uh, is 13. And one point I want to make really quick is if I was, for, I'm not going to do any forecasting today, um, but if I was going to forecast this out, what a rookie might do is say, okay, we're going to take that 13% three-year Kager for net income. We're going to be conservative. Watch out whenever an asshole says they're going to be conservative. They're going to be conservative and not go down the 10%. Okay, that isn't being conservative. That's just being anchored to 13 and then being lazy with your analysis. Like, the, If this was a mature business with steady, you know, steady eddy numbers, then yeah, you could convince me that maybe that's all you have to do to forecast. We're talking about a growth company, a relatively small cap growth company. You can't, you can't do that. So, all right. Uh, I think I made my points on that. But it's still sexy growth. I mean, don't get me wrong. These are, these are good numbers. Uh, but what's really sexy is their margins. Um, their margins have been a lot more stable uh, between, eh, I call it 20 and 30% uh, for, for most of this time. So, uh, yeah, I mean, look, look at these fucking margins. They're, uh, let's see, their gross margin is like you know, north of 50 their operating margin is north of 30. And then their net income margin, like I already said, is around 30, between 20 and 30. So those are super sexy. And it's because uh, their SGA, their sales general and administrative, was 4% last year. And that's typical. 4%. That's insane. That is insane how cheap that is to run this company. And it's because of this online community where they're outsourcing their... They're outsourcing their sales, marketing, customer service, and uh, their R&D isn't being outsourced, but it's being uh, helped by the online community. Their R&D is closer to 8 and 9%. Um, so, yeah, it, so this is where like, the incredible business, sorry, the incredible competitive advantages, this is where they show up in, in the income statement. So you have these low costs. So you just have these sexy margins, all this, all this money just drop into the bottom line. That's where I get excited. Did I have much more to say? I, I feel like there's a there's an ending I'm missing. There's a my notes. I mentioned all that, so I can minimize that. Uh, what do I want to say? Okay. Um, so just one thing I'll throw out there is when I'm looking at a company, I don't want to know the price of its stock. So I don't want to get anchored to that. I want to just read the 10K. I want to look at the numbers. I want to kind of come up with an idea in my head of how much I think the company is worth. And then I want to see what the company is actually selling for. So with this company, just kind of looking at the numbers, I was like, man, you know, about, eh. this company's worth about $5 billion. Like probably a little less, maybe 4.7, but about $5 billion is fine. And then the company is actually selling for 4.3, which... That, that, that's as an enterprise value, by the way. I, unless otherwise noted, I, I speak in terms of enterprise value. And for those that don't know, uh, that's market cap minus cash plus debt arrives at enterprise value. Um, so that's not the hugest margin of safety. You know, the Benjamin Graham term. 
um, 4.3 to verse, you know, 4.7. But, uh, you know, it, it's close enough to make me want to look more at the company. I mean, you run the risk of talking yourself into buying it and looking for reasons to pay more for sure. But uh, with the stock market being the way it is, there's not a lot of companies on sale. If you can find a wonderful business, which I'm not saying this is. Again, I don't understand the business. I'm just looking at it, and like so far, it looks good. Um, then, yeah, you might want to pay up for it uh, a little bit. So that's not a stock recommendation. That's just uh, this, uh, this company doesn't suck, which is the highest praise you're going to find on how not to suck at the stocks. Um, so... Yeah, I'm, there's probably going to be a part two of this. I want to give this company a little bit more research and see. I got some extra cash lying around. Uh, just my dividends have been piling up in my brokerage fund that I want to invest in something. And this could be, this could be it. It'll be a, a small holding, but it might be one. But yeah, so thank you very much. This has been How Not to Suck at the Stocks. This has been Dan Hansen. This has been the ninth episode. This has been some half-assed analysis of ubiquity. And uh, thank you very much, and have a good one. Bye-bye. Addendum, enterprise value is equal to market cap minus cash plus debt. I said the opposite during the podcast. So, all right, goodbye for real.